You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello. Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. I'm Scout, and that was quite fast. I am the older sister. Mads is the younger sister. And... If you're new, hi. We're, we're so happy you're here. And if you are an OG sister, okay, was that necessary, Mads? ASMR. Like, um, I just want to let everyone know that I am drinking the my first Celsius ever. You're so rude. I'm in the middle oh, sorry. of talking. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. in the middle of welcoming and saying hi to the sisters. Sorry, and you're my, doing some my millennial is showing. Your millennial is showing? Because you're selfish? Is no, that me, it? No, because I'm drinking Celsius. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if Celsius is like millennial. Oh. What else is it? I don't think it's millennial branded. Beautiful. Okay. Really good. Delicious. Glad that Highly I was here to witness the first sip of the Celsius. Okay. Anyways, um, hey guys. Hey sisters. Hey ladies. So happy you're back. I've been thinking about it lately and it really feels as if after two and a half years of podcasting, OK Sis has become so ingrained in our life. I mean... I feel was it ever, was it, it not it, before? <laughs> it always has been, but after two and a half years, you look back and you realize, you know, holy shit, this is a very large part of my life and will be for hopefully the rest of my future. I mean, I want to be oh in the old age home with you at the age of eighty-five, just fucking podcasting every week. Whoa, dude, let's do it. Yeah, well, we are. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, you know. We hope that there are new listeners because if you are new here, welcome. Um, if you found us by our clickbaity title, 
today. <laughs> it's not a clickbaity title. It's well, no, it's gonna, SEO. It's SEO approved. No, today's going to be a very, very value-packed, driven episode. Yeah. I think that a lot of people want to know how podcasting works, the behind the scenes, etc. And so for those who are thinking about starting a podcast or maybe work for a company and you're trying to convince your CEO or boss to start a podcast because... I believe podcasting is the number one brand extension these days. This episode is going to provide you with things to think about, give you some of the tangible steps to get started and all of that. So I think it's going to be a really, really great value add. I know. I, we never, we've never actually done an episode like this. Like we did the behind the scenes of creating OKSIS, but we never actually broke down what we determined as the six things that you need to think about before starting a podcast. Um, we have a mentorship program so if you want to get even deeper into this and work with us one-on-one we also offer those services so you know slide into the dms if that's something you're interested in as well after this episode you have questions yes totally yeah we work one-on-one with podcasters doing a full podcast audit and giving really custom notes on how they can take it to the next level which is always fun because we said um i think it was on the what day is it podcast that we started yeah it was on what day is it podcast which came out last week we said that when we started we thought that the space was really saturated back then, which is something we really don't believe in, but that was a limiting belief that we went into the space with. And back then it wasn't so common for everybody, not for everybody, but for average people, like not someone not associated with a company, you know what I mean? Just a normal person starting a podcast. So we didn't have any checklists to do. So we want to help people kind of not fumble as much as we did through some of the things. But before we start talking about all of that, I want to, talk about something new, a new mindset, not mindset shift, but a phrase that I'm using a lot that I really think for me sets very clear boundaries in my life. It's something that I think is running around the coaching sphere, the spiritual sphere, this personal development sphere, but thinking about what you're available for and unavailable for, the idea that you're unavailable for something is very concrete and final. Right. So if you work a job at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and somebody wants to go shopping from 10 a.m. to 11, you're you're unavailable for the shopping trip. Right. So there's something really concrete about it. So now, you know, I am definitely a people pleaser. And if somebody asks me to do something or they want my advice or they need me to do whatever, and I am just not in a space where I can give at that moment in my head. I tell myself and sometimes I verbalize it out loud and I say, I'm really sorry, but I'm unavailable for this at this moment. It's just a really, really, it's really firm and it's very concrete and it's definitely drawing a line of a boundary. And I think it's very respectful. And I think people on the other, on the other end really hear that firmness, understand that this is what I'm available and this is what I'm not available for and then respect it in return. So for example, like so small guys, We're having our grandpa's birthday um, at my house and my mom was, I was trying to cook. I worked too late. I really just wanted to decompress and she was just asking me all these questions about grandpa's birthday that I'm really not planning. I'm just hosting. And so I was like, I don't know these answers. I asked grandma, right? And she was like, can you do this? Can you send me this? And finally I said, I'm unavailable for this conversation right now. I'm putting my phone away. And it's just little things like that where some people want favors from you or asking you of things. And Lauren Everts really gets into this. And I really, really appreciate this sentiment that people text you and they expect that you're going to stop what you're doing and get them what you need within the hour sometimes. And I just think that's 
that's such an unhealthy relationship that we've used with time. text message and to time management and you to do that to respect me. of your time. You do that to me sometimes. You're like, hey, I need a caption on Instagram, and I'm like, wait a minute, like that wasn't in my daily flow, you know, or whatever. But I think it's just, I think we should just start looking at, hey, just, are you're people- such a good writer, and sometimes I have writer's block. I know and you're a good, you are a good, you're good. I know, but I'm just saying, I take think the callback bet. I okay, well, you're. Well, that's confusing because I'm setting a boundary and then you're complimenting me so I don't set the boundary. I don't know if I like this situation. But all I'm saying is that I feel as if we should start really thinking about what people in our lives are available for and unavailable for and really respect those boundaries because I think that they're really important. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think it is something that as women we especially struggle with and also as something as when you're starting out, I think we even struggled with this with the podcast like you want anyone and everyone to come on the podcast to grow it and to you want to say yes to all opportunities because you never know where it's going to lead you. But what we noticed was, you know, we said yes to way too many things and it actually compromised the brand and what we were trying to achieve and our energy levels. Oh, oh, the energy levels yeah. were very low yeah. for a I, long time. I think in the beginning, it's so important to say yes. And to do everything, every opportunity that comes your way. And then as you start building and building, you know, with different... You can shift it. I think also, you can like, shift it. When, like, when you come across a yes opportunity that does not feel aligned, then you can reevaluate and say, okay, actually, I'm at a certain point where I do not have to say yes to these types of opportunities. And, like, this is a boundary I'm going to set. It's not even about being at a certain point. I think it's just really evaluating what's worth your energy and what's not worth your energy. And in the beginning, everything is, I believe, worth your energy. But... As you grow into your career and, and launch new things and take on new projects, it's just important for you to know where your boundaries are. And that doesn't mean that you're not saying yes to opportunities. I say yes all the fucking time. Yeah. Like we are the most open, accessible, we're down to be on your pod kind of girls. Um, I just think it's interesting to frame that in your head, even just with friends and family of mm -hmm. when they're asking for things from you. You're like in the middle of a busy work day and it's, you know, you can't do something like that. So I just thought it was a nice way to think about it for yourself so that you can really communicate any sort of boundary that you really feel strongly about. Wow. So beautiful. Such a, such a nice sentiment. Such a nice um, way to start the pod. Thank you, Scout. Um, Thank you for the wisdom. Professor Scout. Oh, yeah. Would it go that far? Are you sure? You sure about that? I think would I have... Actually, you would be an amazing professor because you wouldn't give out grades. No. And you would just let people, like, smoke weed. Okay, no. <laughs> like, literally no. I don't even... No, but you would let people, like, drink wine and, like, and like do slam poetry as, like, their final project. Or, like, smoke cigarettes. No. Okay, no. I would just value... I would evaluate them on their presence, their yes. intention... And, you know, their motivation, not necessarily the grade they scout got. School. Scout school. Enrolling in scout school. Oh, shit. I'm going to start an online academy. All right. Shall we do current fixation? We shall. The current fixation. Oh, oh that, those four years of French in high school really paying off for now. Okay. So my current fixation, you have heard me talk about it. And Mads is actually alarmed because I speak about this so much in, in meetings when we're talking. I don't know. I, I have an obsession. It's not a fixation. It's not current. It's not a fixation. It's an everlasting obsession with Osea. Osea is a 
skincare line, a clean beauty skincare line that is for some reason just nourishes my soul while it cleans my skin. And I started with the ocean cleanser and fell so incredibly in love with it. I switched from my what was it called? IS Clinical Skincare to Osea because I was looking for something cleaner and really, really, really fell in love with it. And then I also got their um, white algae mask, which I do once a week, which I also fell in love with. And I've been eyeing their body oil. And it's just, I don't understand what it is about the brand. I'm still trying to pinpoint it, but there's something about using Osea products that doesn't just make my skin feel so pure and clean and brightened. It really, I feel, brightens my skin. Um, it, it nourishes my soul. Like there's something very ritualistic about Osea. There's something very pure about Osea. It is very, it is a brand that is very connected to the ocean. They use, you know, algae products, etc. They're based out of Malibu and it feels as if the romantic version of Southern California beach, the kind of very intentional, holistic culture that comes with the beach versus the kind of like rowdy culture that comes with the beach. And so I just so identify with how simplistic and minimalistic and intentional they are. And while this episode is not sponsored by Osea, I hit them up because I'm such a fucking fan and I got you guys a discount code. I know we don't usually do discount codes in current fixation, but I... I want you to try Osea so bad that I asked them for one. So you can use the code SCOUTSOBEL. That's S-C-O-U-T-S-O-B-E-L. Again, this is 100% not sponsored. Sisters, current fixations will, will never be sponsored. But I felt so strongly about this brand. Mads, Mads is a little concerned when I talk about them offline. And I wanted everybody to be able to try the fucking magic of Osea. Scott, we got to get you to the spa. You know, there's a spa in Venice. I know because, well, I found out about, well, not I found out. I started using Osea in in quarantine, so I just haven't had the opportunity. The but opportunity. Alexis Haynes told us about it on her on the episode that she came on. So that is high, high, high on my list for when I'm fully vaccinated. Um, also, the Hyaluronic C Serum. I don't use CC. I don't use uh, vitamin C anymore. I only use their Hyaluronic C Serum. It's so Is it good. a vitamin C as well? I don't think so. I think it's just hyaluronic acid. acid. Yeah. It is so good. I have been, yes, Osea, the I've been on the kick. Oil. The body oil is luxury. The whole thing's luxury. It's luxury. It's luxury. I agree. I I am on, I'm with you on the Osea bandwagon. I started also using their cleanser and the hyaluronic acid and the body oil. Um, am I? Fabulous. Does that influence you? You may have planted the seed yes mm. okay which never getting full credit for influencing mads yeah so great love that for you yeah i just feel so happy thinking wow. about them you know i just feel happy they i give feel me, like lacy phillips vibes topanga canyon oh. carson meyer yes which is malibu spirituality you like uh, it's so funny because like I, I i feel like you would belong in that culture though yeah 100%. there is a specific community in malibu that is very much it's holistic like a, and it's like a luxury hippie vibe. Yes, that's you. Hello. Yeah, I'm very luxury. Um, Wait, that is you. Luxury hippie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a weird connotation with the word hippie, but I guess I luxury, spiritual, intentional, clean being. I suppose that is that's a mouthful. We're gonna need to. We're gonna need I'm to gonna come up with an acronym because Lacey Phillips one uses Osea all the time. That's where I found. Does. That's like where I. Of course she does. That's where I found out she her whole pregnancy she used their body oil. So Ugh. yeah. I really do fit into that little little sliver of Malibu culture. You for sure do. Like, it's not around anybody. I don't have to see anybody. You don't need to see anyone. 
No one no one wants to see you. You don't want to see anyone. Yeah. Oh wow. It's you in the ocean. Oh my god, I gotta move. We gotta get let's let's do a uh sister moon. And we get a house. Not a house, like a apartment on the water. Okay. For a weekend. Okay. I the we go to Osea. Okay. Make it make it make it a, you know, it'd be good for the vlog. Okay, your fucking vlog. I feel like you're gonna get so famous off this vlog and it's because <laughs> I have to put up with it and interject myself into it so You don't much. really have to. You were just around today. Oh, so. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. sisters, we're in person together recording this. Woo, I love it. Okay, Woo-hoo! what's your current fixation, Mads? Oh, speaking of the vlog, um, my current fixation is my new camera that I purchased. It is the Canon G7X. This is the YouTuber camera, okay? Like, Kenzie Elizabeth, I, I hit her up and I said, hey, girl, you're my YouTube expander. Um, what's the camera? Give me the camera deets. Give me the give me the T. And she says, This is the only one you need. Canon 67X. So oh, no, sorry, G7X. And it's just this little compact, cute camera. It's really, really high quality. And so it just fits in your purse. And then there's like a flip thing so you can see yourself selfie style. Um, I got this uh what is this? It's a it's like a selfie stick. No. It's a tripod. Stick. Tripod. There it is. Um, I watched Claudia Saluski's YouTube video all about all of the equipment that she uses. And I mean, I mean, if we're going to do anything, we got to do it Claudia Saluski way. So I just love it. It's it's I just started videoing and the YouTube channel will be up in a couple weeks. So don't don't go looking for it yet. But I just this is such a fun adventure for me and um, I was speaking to my graphic designer Alyssa and she was like I already feel like you are a YouTuber like you're so comfortable and confident in front of the mic or the camera which I guess I and I realized I really would not have been able to do this YouTube channel if it wasn't for the podcast I feel so comfortable in the way that I just present myself on the internet that the YouTube it would have been really strange to start a YouTube channel if we didn't have OK Sis. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I was actually just thinking that because I remember in the beginning of starting OK Sis, you literally hand wrote all of your fucking responses to shit. Like you wrote down what to say every episode. It was so annoying. Oh, thank you. That was called um, preparation. No, that was called that was called not trusting yourself to speak. This is true. I do have a very I still struggle with this where I will think of the words before they come out because I'm scared of sounding unintelligent yeah well do you think i got over that i think i did yeah well i mean you're starting a fucking youtube YouTube. channel yes you did get over that i'm very proud of you it's a great journey Um, so i'm excited i am filming something for my agency so i'm gonna have to borrow this camera for a day oh shit yeah you want the canon g7x yeah i'm gonna borrow it when is that gonna happen um come to malibu then we'll do the vlog two months let's do it in malibu no, because I need I need a I need a studio space, and there's one here in San Diego. I'm gonna rent out, so I am gonna just borrow your camera for a day. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, okay. let's get into this episode. Okay, sisters. So you guys know all about my smoothie saga. It wasn't working for me. It was making me exhausted every day. My digestion was fucked up, but I kept seeing Daily Harvest, and I said. Okay, maybe it's just my smoothies, which is the verdict because I got these incredible smoothies from Daily Harvest. I've been drinking them on the go when I need a snack, when I don't really have lunch prepared, and they are sustaining my energy. I don't have that crash. They are so nourishing and good. I can't believe I ever made smoothies by myself, and I am certain that that is the reason that my energy levels were so low. Daily Harvest knows what ingredients to put in a smoothie. Exactly. And I- 
one thing that you may not know about Daily Harvest is You've probably seen their smoothies everywhere, all over Instagram. But they actually have these bowls now, which is actually so much more of a high vibe. You could just literally pop them in the microwave, which, hello, seamless, minimal effort, the most perfect cooking experience for me. Or if you want it more elevated, you could put it into a pan with some chicken broth and cook it up. And you can kind of like trick yourself into thinking that you're like cooking like a lavish meal. And it's delicious, great quantities. And I just love it. Like, I just love the nerve aspect of Daily Harvest. Yeah, so I've been cooking from home. I've been buying groceries at home. But every now and then as my schedule gets busier, I just need something to pop in real quick that I know is healthy because I'm trying to eat as clean as possible. So I also got their cheese seed bowls that you just put in the freezer so they last forever. So if you want to try out Daily Harvest today, which uh, you should, you could use code OKSIS, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, for $25 off your first order. I mean, that's like so much free food. I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's the kind of deal that we're all looking for, you know? Exactly. You can go to daily-harvest.com or click the link in our show notes and then apply OKSIS, the code O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, $25 off. And thanks, Daily Harvest, for bringing my smoothie routine back into my life. Thanks, Daily Harvest. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Johnny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. 
Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, back to this episode. Okay, sisters, we're getting into everything you need to know before starting a podcast, as well as the stuff you need to know to start the podcast, the before, the during, the in it, not the after, just the in it, you know? (laughs) The in it. There the, is no after. There is <laughs> this, no after. This, this is going on forever. <laughs> there's no end. It just goes on <laughs> and on and on. Which, okay, that is the perfect transition to number one. Number, number one. one of six things to think about before starting a podcast. Number one, making the commitment. So I think people jump into podcasting and they're like, what's the equipment? What's the strategy? How do I grow this thing? Like, it, Let's take a beat. Let's take a little beat. And really check in with yourself and make the commitment to do this type of project and content creation. Because let me tell you, it is all about consistency. I know we say this all the time and people, you probably heard it from so many podcasters or content creators, but it is the only metric of success. It's the only way that you're going to grow is to be consistent and to show up time and time again. And even when in the beginning you have two listeners, that is fine. And it's your mom. That is okay. Keep going. Okay. Microphone etiquette. When you scream, please, please pull the microphone down. Oh, sorry. Just be uh, aware. Two and a half years in. Just people be be aware that people that you're in someone's ears. I want to make it very clear to people. They need to commit to this. I think people get scared after, you know, it, they don't see immediate results. Just understand that this is a long, this is, you're got to be in it for the long game. So I also want to talk a little bit about making a commitment. Um, first of all, just talking about the power of podcasts and, and rethinking the value that they have in your life. You know, Mads and I have been, I think we're up to 160 episodes. We've never missed a week. In 170, the last, baby. Oh, something like that. We have not missed, oh, we have to plan our 200. We have not missed a week in two and a half years. And I think that podcasting is really very similar in kind of a relationship to television. So for example, The Bachelor on Mondays at whatever, 9 p.m., you know that it's up there. So you wait for that. Podcasting, you get a very, very similar relationship where, you know, I I wait for certain podcasts to drop certain days. And so not only dropping a podcast on the same day of the week, every single week, but also at the same time, we recommend 3 a.m. Pacific Standard Time so that it hits East Coast at the right time. But also before you make that commitment, I think that 
and I used to hear other content creators say this all the time and think it was so stupid, but it's so true once you're in it to not start a podcast with the goal of making money. So I think that we need to reframe the ROI that comes with a podcast before you even make the commitment. A podcast, I believe, I work in the podcasting industry. My agency specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts. I believe that podcasting is the most incredible, intentional, sticky, engaged, valuable brand extension of whatever you're doing. So if you have a business, having a podcast is such an amazing way to create brand awareness, to create community, to position yourself as an expert. If you're just someone who wants to become a content creator, podcasting is a way to let people really, really know who you are. It's not as edited. It's not as curated as other platforms. And so in that sense, it's a very deep connection that you build. You know, I think of the podcasters that I listen to and I feel as if I, they, I know them. They, oh, they, yeah. They're in you're, my ear. Yeah, you feel like you're, they're your friends. So think of it as a... We're your friends. Yeah, we love you guys. Um, think of it as a way to kind of, one, build your network because having guests on a podcast is the most incredible way to build your network, whatever career you're in. It's also going to develop a very deep sense of community that is truly, truly unparalleled in content creation world. And it's going to just catapult you into other opportunities as you move along your career. So for me, I think reframing the ROI on the podcast at first, you know, monetary comes later and it, and it does come, but really reframing um, that ROI first before you make that commitment and, and see the beauty beyond the money. See the beauty beyond the money. Let's get that tattooed to our asses. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number two of six things to think about before starting a podcast. Equipment. So this is an audio format. So you want to make sure that your audio quality is top notch. This is how you're presenting yourself. It is the full presentation of the content itself. And you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward. The, I mean, we've all been there. You've listened to a podcast where the audio quality was just insufferable and you just can't get through it. Um, and it sucks because then it takes away and distracts from what you're act- the value you're actually putting out there. So there are a few things that we recommend. If you're looking to you know, make an investment, we highly, highly recommend the Zoom H6 Handy Recorder. You can just like type that in on Amazon. Here, no, I'm going to put all these in the show notes, sister. So all of our equipment is at our Amazon shop. I think it's like amazon.com slash shop shop slash OKSIS podcast, but I'm going to link all of the, all okay, the perfect. equipment. Yeah. Perfect. So we have this Zoom external recorder that we use. Um, it's around $300, but it is the best quality that you'll ever use. You can change the levels, especially for me because I'm loud as fuck. And then we have... Which sign- also, we should say, it's very durable. We've had it for two and a half years. We started very with this durable. thing. Very so durable. So it lasts a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. And then um, we use Sennheiser, what are Sennheiser mics. Yes. Those are around 100 bucks a mic. And we find that they're really great for many reasons. One, they're very sensitive in, this, in the fact, or they're not very sensitive. I don't know what the correct term there is, but... You have to speak very, very closely to the mic so they don't really pick up external background noises. So I record outside all the time. Mads and I recorded our solo episode, I think, the other day, two episodes ago, outside. And the entire neighborhood, all the dogs started barking at the same time. You can't hear anything. And you cannot hear it on these mics. So that's why I love them so much because you can be portable. You don't necessarily need this soundproof um, you know, acoustic kind of place. You can right. really record anywhere except somewhere that has an echo. That's the only thing. But they really, really do just pick up your voice, which is so good. Yeah. 
we've yeah we've seen people do it with like blue yeti is that what it's called? yeah i the don't yeti mics there's which we i don't recommend yeah there i guess there's a time and place for it again we're no sound engineer but for people that i know who use the yeti i know that they their sound quality is not as concentrated it sounds like it's picking up the entire room right it's harder i remember in quarantine mom had a yeti so she gave it to me and i couldn't figure out how to like how to get it stable every recording right. so one time I would record and I was through the roof blown out and then another time when I was doing it for a scout podcast I was so soft I, I couldn't get the settings correctly so it just wasn't reliable I felt yeah. as if and then in terms of recording remotely I, I know we're gonna probably continue to be doing this for quite some time and also we're gonna it, it's a it's a good skill to have to know how to do it remotely. Um, we record through the Zoom as in like the video conferencing software. Um, just make sure that you are exporting separate audio tracks for each individual. Um, and then if you don't have an external recorder, which is what we do, and then Scout layers all of the tracks on top of one another in Adobe Audition, um, you can get something that plugs a external mic into your computer so that that is the audio that is picking up uh, and go and funneling through Zoom video conferencing, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I will say Mads did that a little bit in the beginning of quarantine. I don't think I had a good – okay, yeah, it wasn't good, but I don't think I had a good connector yeah, I don't know. I recommend externally recording on the Zoom H6 Handy Recorder. And then if you're doing remote, also recording on Zoom, Zoom the video. video. Proper. It has been a fucking journey this whole quarantine because we're like Zoom video or Zoom, Zoom recorder. Like yeah, it's, it's very confusing. It's weird that they're the same name. But, but. If, you need, if, that, if you guys need more of a breakdown, DM us. We can send you a little bit more of a breakdown because I know that gets confusing. But the main point here is to get the Zoom H6 Handy Recorder to get the Sennheiser mic. And then depending on what kind of computer you got, you need a SIM card adapter into your computer. We recommend getting the biggest SIM card. We have 64 gigabytes, which is ridiculous amounts we don't really need that much but it's we were in a recording once where our sim card ran out of space and it was awkward and i had to run to cvs so we recommend getting the highest um sim card and while i know this isn't equipment i edit mad said uh, on adobe audition it's about 25 or 35 wait wait wait, wait 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 oait. oh that's later we have editing later guys that is we have to go in order oh, of I'm the sorry. six things okay, okay let's move on to that's the next equipment. oh but real quick headphones I don't think you need super quality. It's just so you can hear the... So Mads and I aren't wearing headphones right now, which we should be, but headphones allows your guest really or someone who's not proficient on the mic to hear how soft or loud they are so that if they pull the mic away and they're too soft, they'll hear that in their headphones and then subconsciously bring the mic towards. So it's really just to level out the audio uh, volume. Right. Okay, number three of six, hosting site. So a lot of people may not know this, but when you start a podcast, you're not actually uploading it straight to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You are actually uploading it to a ex, uh, third-party hosting site that then distributes it to all of the different podcast platforms. So we highly, highly recommend Red Circle. We have tried many, many platforms. We were on Buzzsprout. We were on Anchor. And we finally moved over to Red Circle, and they're a newer platform. It's completely free, and they their customer service is off the charts. They are so um, accessible to you, and they're willing to collaborate and help you on anything that you need. And then additionally, it serves as a ad marketplace. So when your podcast grows to a certain a degree and then you're looking to monetize just like very easily they have a built-in marketplace where brands come to them and then they fund that you get paid through the platform and the ads just kind of go through 
through a red circle. Another thing that we love about it is that it's super easy to add insertion points to your podcast. So if you don't know what insertion points are, they are little points that you place on your audio track so that ads can be inserted in those points. And usually you put it, you know, between two segments or what have you. So What's great about Red Circle is that you don't have to edit in those insertion points, whereas other platforms you'd have to do that. On Red Circle, you literally literally just push a button and you put the insertion point, and then when an ad comes in through their marketplace, they just put it in that point that you've determined. Yeah, so there's two different types of ad here. There's dynamically inserted, which is what Red Circle does, which means that we record episodes, we upload them, and as I'm uploading them, I click an insertion point where if we're working with Red Circle on an ad, we would want that ad to be inserted in, and they distribute their ads throughout all of our episodes for a certain amount of days. It's a little bit different where baked-in ads is when, for example, um, a company comes to us and say, hey, we want four ads. We want them placed on these very, very specific days. And then those are actually baked into the episode where we record them, we edit them in, they are they are belong to the whole file, and they live there forever. So Red Circle is really great. You know, Anchor claimed to do this, and we found literally zero ads from Anchor. It was a terrible experience. And so Red Circle not only gives you very, very targeted ads, so like we did Thrive Cosmetics with Red Circle, just really really, really great ads. It's really, in my opinion, the most accessible way for podcasters to make money as they're growing their show in the beginning. Absolutely. All right. Number four of six, content formation. So this is where you're really going to craft what your show is about. Um, Scout and I, obviously, we are co-hosts in it. So there's two of us um, and we do interview style shows. Um, We also, I mean, like right now it's a solo episode, but Typically, we do interview-style shows, so that is our structure. We have a little banter in the beginning. As I mean, if you're new here, hello, welcome to OKSIS. But if you've been listening for a while, you know that the show structure is banter in the beginning, and then we transition to the interview. We do current fixations with the guest, and then the conversation with the guest as well. Um, Let me go into a little bit more detail because I look at it kind of as a editing thing, so I see the different... (laughs) segments on the editing platform. So every episode when you start a podcast, you should, well, actually let's start with the episodes for the content formation that you should have when you, when you post an episode. So, um, you should have a trailer, which is a one to three minute commercial essentially about your podcast. If anyone comes to your, to your podcast site, um, your podcast page, they can listen to the trailer real quick to see if they're interested. And then when you are launching your podcast, have a first episode. And I recommend that first episode be a solo episode between either you, if it's, you're just the only host or you and your co-host, because what me and Mads have found is that over the years, people actually go back and listen to our first episode quite a lot. It's one of our most listened to episodes. Don't go back and do that if you're listening. Um, but what that does is you have the trailer for people to get a really quick glimpse if they like you. And then the first episode, really introducing yourself a little bit more of your backstory. That can be anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And then launching with a second episode, which is really your first episode. Um, something that we didn't say with the hosting site is that it takes uh, up to 14 days to get approved by Apple. 
So we recommend uploading that first episode where you're solo introducing yourself to the hosting site, wait to get approved by Apple, and then you get approved. Let's say you want to launch on a Tuesday, uploading that second episode on Tuesday and your trailer. Therefore, you launch with a trailer, a first episode introducing yourself, and a second episode that actually gets into the meat of the kind of content that you're going to be producing. As far as content formation goes, um, it goes like this. You're going to have a jingle which is that song you hear in the beginning of our podcast episode where we introduce ourselves. Then you're going to have an intro where it's just you and your co-host speaking. Or not, y- you. Or just you. The only host. Um, and then this is where we... There goes Luna. This is where we add in um, an ad in between the intro and the interview. But if you don't have an ad, I like to put music in between there so that it signifies a transition. Then we have the interview and then we put music in again. And if you want to do an outro where you have a call to action, that's great. So you have jingle, intro, ad, interview, song at the end just to make those transitions really, really beautiful. Yes. And also, yes, the formation is really important in the structure, but... Also understanding what type of show that you want to be. Like, is it just you talking? What is the why? What are you bringing? What it, What is unique about it? Um, you know, if it is an interview show, what kind of guests are you trying to bring on? Where Where does it all fit into this, like, overall message that you're trying to project? Um, is it a is it a scripted show? Is it a you know what it what is it? And just really staying consistent with that format uh, so that the listeners know exactly what to expect. Yeah. And I think Matt and I talk a lot about, you know, not putting pressure to find a niche. I don't think you need to find a niche. I think you just need to find your brand. So like, what is your brand about? What's the mission behind here? And just making sure that that makes sense with the content that you're producing. If you want to learn more about personal branding and an exercise, go listen to our episode with Jessica Zweig. And we did the brand hologram exercise uh, from her book, B. Really, really helpful to gain clarity around uh, the type of content you want to produce and and create um just helps to stay aligned yeah she is oh she's so good oh she is so good okay number five editing okay scout take it away the vein of my fucking existence so when we started editing in the beginning we used GarageBand and we got a lot of comments that our audio quality was not consistent it was either really really soft some people were soft some people were loud and I couldn't figure it out because when I listened to it on my computer it sounded great and I just deduced that GarageBand was the issue it might totally not have been it could have been a setting I had in GarageBand but I just didn't trust it anymore so and GarageBand is free which is why we used it in the beginning but I decided to invest in Adobe audition I it's like 25 or 35 bucks a month and ever since moving over there we've had no audio quality issues which has been really really nice and um you know just I can go to sleep at night you know not knowing that I'm not going to wake up with people not being able to hear our episodes so I recommend Adobe audition I I recommend um separate tracks so when I edit there's a track for Mads that's just her voice there's a track for me that's just my voice and then we have a track for the guest that's just their voice if you're recording remotely on zoom just go to preferences I think it's go to audio and then it'll say record separate tracks for each like person in the room and what that does is sometimes Mads gets really loud so I can lower her down I don't do it enough clearly but I can lower her down or push me up if I'm softer than her just on a bass level and it won't um, alter the other tracks so I really find that to be helpful to be quite honest the only thing that I 
really got confused about on Adobe Audition is that you have to click multi-track before you start. It's like in the top left-hand corner, but really it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, I don't do too much sound editing. It's really just taking out pauses, especially when we record over Zoom. There's lags sometimes, so it feels like we're talking in real time, but then I'll see the recording and there's like four seconds in between questions that we never felt, but it's because of Zoom, the technology, the online video shit. So um, <laughs> I will say that um, editing a podcast when you record in person is a motherfucking piece of cake and editing a podcast where Mads and I are in two separate places, our guest is in a separate place, and then sometimes you throw in a fourth one. Like just migraine. Just God bless me. God bless me. God bless Gal. God bless America. All right. The last and final thing to think about before starting a podcast is marketing. So promotion, self-promotion. Be relentless with it. Honestly, I think people shy away a little bit of this, but literally you need to spam the fucking shit out of your podcast but before you start talking about talking about how to spam the shit out of your podcast you also have to recognize that podcasting is the only medium only platform that you have to go off platform to promote so instagram you promote in instagram by tagging people by commenting by liking whatever people go see your profile that way but in the podcasting app you upload it and you have no way to drive engagement within the podcast app it's not pay to play there's no search engine real search engine etc so when you're starting a podcast make the commitment that the podcast also comes with also running an instagram account per se exactly so a couple things to start is definitely set up either a separate instagram for the podcast if you are already a content creator and influencer have a larger following on instagram you can just um you can make a separate one but also make sure that you are promoting on all accounts and all fronts especially in the beginning as you're growing that that external uh podcast instagram thing that we always tell people to do is send out a giant email blast especially for your first episode to all of your friends and family guys um, we did this and accidentally put the rabbi of chabad on there it was okay okay can you get your feet out of my fucking face thanks we accidentally sent a, an email to the chabad rabbi yeah i mean email your chabad rabbi like just email everyone i i downloaded all of my there is a settings in gmail that you can download your entire contact list so do an email blast. We use MailChimp. Create a cute you know, little template and do a huge email blast and ask your friends and family to tune in and subscribe. They will want to support you. So definitely uh, use, using your already support system and built-in network to um, expand your growth. Instagram. Um, some things that we recommend is creating templates for all of your new episodes, both on post and stories. So create a little story, create some posts. We use Canva. We had a graphic designer create them in Canva, and then we just switch out the names and the uh, photos each time. And then just, you know, typical content creation growth marketing things is be posting things that you mentioned in the podcast. Anything you mentioned that's a value that you said in the podcast, making a cute graphic about it, maybe posting a meme that of uh, referencing something you said, always bringing it back to the episode at hand as – uh, as you're promoting it every single episode every week is a new like campaign I, th I think like I, we literally do a new campaign every week <laughs> and everything always ties back to the episode if you can since we're all on zoom the video conferencing shit 
use that video. You know, if you can make a little um, little 15 second clip, post it on Reels, post it on TikTok. Um, we have been seeing so many amazing podcasts leverage the Zoom content. Um, we've been doing it too and and kind of dabbling in that because it's such a great way to get have people get like a little inside peek into what you talk about and lure lure them in. And you could chop it up really nicely so it so it fits well in that type of format. Um, so yeah, definitely utilize uh, the Zoom footage. I think it would help people just to immediately get a grasp of what of what you talk about another thing we do is on stories we do a quote uh with the audio a little like sound bite of the episode of the guest so we use wave w-a-v-v-e to upload those graphics and then you just upload the audio clip and it makes a really cute little video for you to put on instagram stories did i miss anything no, I think you did really well, except the only thing that you forgot is that we also have a secret Facebook group, which I think is a really, really great way to create more of a forum kind of communication thread situation with your community. As we said on podcasts, Mads and I talk to each other right now. We're alone talking to one another, and then thousands of people listen, and we don't know who those people are. We can't see their faces. We can't even see their names. We just see a number of people yeah. who listen. And so getting to put a face to who our community is and then actually becoming a community and becoming close to the sisterhood, right. our secret there's Facebook group yeah. is where it's at it's called okay sisters you can uh, join us but the instagram i think is really great for promotion and then i think the secret facebook uh, secret facebook group is really great for community building so i'm gonna actually add this as a bonus thing to consider when starting a podcast community community building community engagement community leading we should do is we should do a part two on, right. on community building because I think I, that's separate. Okay, so because honestly, it's everything with podcasting, yeah. and it's it is the way you grow. It's the way you connect with. It's it's literally the only thing that keeps you going because it's people that are actually engaging with what you are putting out there, and and it's the most I, wonderful fulfilling the, thing ever right. to have a community. Exactly, and I think what people don't understand is when they start a podcast. Like yes, of course the content is 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 everything and it's what you're you know what the product is basically but you need to understand that when you start a podcast like you're gonna be a leader whether you fucking want to or not like you're putting yourself in position to lead a community and I'm not saying like you're higher up or more superior than like guiding them you're guiding Guiding. like you're gonna be a guide you're You're facilitating this digital arena full of people that listen to your podcast that have this commonality and Secret Facebook groups is great. A podcast, a lot of podcasts uh, do that. There's also like Slack channels that you can make. There's bunches, which is like a group chat that we do for our specifically for the book club. And it's just you are going to have to establish a place where your listeners and audience can congregate and can connect with one another. That is literally the magic of podcasting. That's the reason we're all here. That's it. Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe. Thank you. Yeah, the, our community has been so amazing. I remember when quarantine hit and um, one of our sisters had just found out that she was pregnant and she was really scared and she didn't know what was going to happen with COVID-19. And I we rallied the sisters. We asked everybody if they wanted to join in on a secret project. And we had so many women emailing us videos congratulating her and her baby saying that we're on her pregnancy saying we're so excited for her I made a video and we sent it to her and that's just the power of community is that we all really came together in those moments and helped support other people like that's the whole point is that for us at least is that women come together and support one another and if we can create the the space for that by actually physically creating a secret Facebook group but 
the point is is that we all interact with one another and, and build this beautiful community. So we should do another um, solo episode on community building. I yeah. think that's really, really I helpful. I think it's everything, and it's a word that's thrown out a lot, and it, I think it's, like, lost its, its value and its meaning because everyone just keeps saying this, but... And you don't need to have a, you don't need to be a content creator to build community. You know, if you have a business, you should be creating a community. If you have a local business, you should yeah, be creating community. There's so many ways and jobs and industries and positions that community building can be a very big asset. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a community enthusiast is what I like to, you know, self-label myself. Oh, um, yeah. never heard that. That makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Wow. Guys, Ooh. we just fucking gave you the day. Yeah, that was real good. We don't, we don't hide anything. No. Like, we'll tell you anything. Yeah, that shit's stupid. But if you that listen to, like, I mean hiding. Like, hiding. Well, we yeah. don't need that. We're, no one has time for that. But if and you guys. Like, there's more than enough room in the space. Yeah. Honestly, like, uh, Scout alluded to it in the beginning about um, us having that limited limiting belief that podcasting is oversaturated. I keep going back all the time when people say that. I keep going back to what Lauren Everts Bostick said on our podcast when she was on a couple years ago, um, where she said, "Would would you ever say that to a singer? Would you say, oh, mu- the music industry is super saturated. You should like, you know, not pursue singing. Like, there's no, we don't say that. But for some reason, we say that in the Instagram or it, with podcasting or even now with even TikTok. It's like any like it." It is such a weird way to stop people from starting. I think that I think that the inherent idea that people don't jump into things because they think it's quote unquote saturated is because they think it'll be more difficult to grow versus when you get into a space early, you can grow faster. Sure. So it's just this underlying motive of wanting to grow fast. But I actually think wanting to grow fast and I think growing fast is not... A foundation, but it's also not a foundational way to build a brand that's long-standable. Like Lauren Everts Bostick always says that there was never one point in her career where she just took off and she grew so fast. She said she's been laying down a foundation brick by brick and she's seen other influencers, other content creators have such a quick rise and then fall just as quickly because their house is built out of cards, which has been my whole sentiment with TikTok really is that like if you can grow 50,000 followers in a week, they'll, they'll easily leave you just as fast as they followed you just because they're not invested over time. And so I think that getting into a space because it's saturated or not getting into a space because it's saturated is just you fearing that you're not going to grow quickly, but don't worry about growing quickly. Worry about the development and the quality of your community and your content. Oh, couldn't have said it better myself, sister. So we love you and start that podcast girl. Yeah. Start it. Send it to us. We want to listen to it. We're really excited. And if you're listening to this and you want to start a podcast or you just have started a podcast or you're, I don't know, six months in, whatever, and you want a full audit from me and Mads, we will give you a full audit. We can work with you on a mentorship basis, coaching basis in that sense. So just shoot us a DM. Let us know if you're interested or you can email us at sisters at okcispodcast.com and we can get to work and get your podcast up leveled. Up leveled. So we love you. You can follow me at Scott Sobel on Instagram. And you can follow me at Maddie Mayo for all all the things. Yeah, good job, Mads. All the things you're doing. <laughs> and you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. Rate, review, subscribe. Woo-hoo! Love you, sisters. Catch you next time.
Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 